is a, a question I want to ask both of you because obviously you've both seen two now versions of the ride. Um, what's new? Oh, Sotty, Sweet, a panda called Sue, and little cousin Scampy too. Puppets are wicked. That would confuse a, a lot of people. All the people. Because it is based on a lot of the style of a, a retro slasher film. Oh, the feeling. Where hinges creak in doorless chambers. Where strange and frightening sounds echo through the halls. This is the Theme Park Loopy Podcast. Hey everyone and welcome to the Theme Park Loopy Podcast. Today we're going to be doing a bit of a Valhalla conflab. Both me and Mike here are going to compare notes about our experiences of riding the uh, reimagined ride at Blackpool Pleasure Beach. We're also going to be talking about Theme Park triumphs. So something that we're proud of achieving or something we've done in a park that we're really pleased with. We're going to share those and we'll see what we have. Slightly concerned uh, that Mikey is going to talk a lot about car parks because as we know, he has been bought out by Big Car Park. Um, so it'll be good to introduce our ghost host, Mikey. How are you doing? Uh, I do love a good car park. Uh, yeah, I'm all good. Thank you. Um, in fairness, you know what? Considering I said, you know, park paying for parking at parks on, on a previous episode, it's not that bad. You have to pay everywhere. You know, a cheeky little triumph is when you don't have to pay. So I am a big hypocrite. I'm going to be like, I'm going to lie. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm good. Thank you very much. We, um, I'm, I'm on day two of hangover because I'm uh, middle aged now, so it hits harder. We did um, party bingo at Drayton Manor, which if anyone's listening enjoys a day at the park and then enjoys a bit of bingo with some drinks definitely gets a great man and do it i think they're doing it every month so um yeah i'm but i'm all good i'm happy to be back and excited to talk about valhalla or i like to call wet in the dark um <laughs> but yeah man i'm all excited good to be here thank you good thanks very much mikey and we're also joined by dan how are you doing dan yeah i'm really good i'm curious as to what mikey thinks is middle-aged uh what, what age is that mikey in fairness, I well, I'm 34 in a few days, which is not quite middle aged, I guess. But I have a back of a 60 year old. My doctor told oh, me. I see. Uh, now that, so, that links to a story of mine later. That's that's interesting. Ah, we'll, okay. we'll, we'll compare notes on on that one because this is the triumph um, <laughs> story that that Ryan was was talking about. Anyway, yeah, I'm I'm good, Ryan. Thanks, and I'm, I'm looking forward to a to a good uh, a good podcast episode. Good, good, Dan. Uh, so Dan is uh, apparently at fault for Mikey's back. So yeah, let's find out about that. And uh... have you? <laughs> <laughs> and we're also joined by Brett. How are you doing, Brett? Hey guys, I'm going to uh, apologise in advance uh, just in case I talk over anyone because I appear to be having a little bit of internet issues and everyone is speeding up to try and catch up with my laggy laptop at the minute. Simply because I think I've been doing too much work on it recently. Uh, been designing a new scare attraction this week, along with all of the endless ghost hunts I do every single week as well. 
So it's, it's been a long one, but uh, I'm, it's, it's nice to actually be back into a sort of routine of doing the podcast on a Sunday. It is good. And we've, I think, we haven't done quite as many, I think, as what we did in 2021 just yet. But it's getting pretty close now because we didn't do that many in 2022. And it's probably not something that I've really talked about. But I did have a particularly terrible year in 2022, which is why we didn't do that many episodes in the end but it is good to be back and it's good to talk and it's good to chat about all things theme parks and it's good also that Valhalla is back you know Valhalla is probably one of the greatest dark slash wet water rides in the entire world but I think we'll (laughs) we'll get into that okay so let's let's uh, let's kick off first with uh, Valhalla then Uh, So, Mikey, you rode Valhalla in the opening um, week, I think, or the opening day, I think, was it? Yeah, Yeah, so it was opening day of, in big, bold letters, technical rehearsal. Um, And that is the precursor that we have to give, and we'll probably say those words multiple times. So... Although on this episode, I might sound a little bit too salty. I get that. I understand it. And I do understand it was a technical rehearsal. Um, A technical rehearsal should be when you are rehearsing tech. So um, this was more like the first um, run through of a script in my eyes, Uh, which uh, other YouTubers did steal that quote from me, which I'm happy about. Um, But yeah, so I did it for opening day. it was supposed to be the 7th of April. They then moved it, I think, was it to the 12th of April? Uh, we were there. Um, it was it was, a, it was a fun day. It's one of those, you know, an, an opening day of a, a new ride. You know, you get to see your fellow Thuzies and all have a laugh and wait in a queue for four hours. It's great. Um, especially when it was wet and windy and cold. But we were going to get wet anyway. But, um, yeah, it was opening day. Um, and it was all right. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Did, did you want me to sort of like go into my full experience of of the ride from day one, and we, we can compare it to your sort of day? Was it would it be twelve or thirteen? It was open. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I think it would be interesting to compare notes. I mean, I think so. When I, I mean, I decided not to go on the opening day because I, I from the language that was coming out from the park. They were a little bit hazy about the day. I think, in fairness, they initially said from the 7th. Um, so I know a lot of people, or at least a few people, did book to go to the park on the 8th and then were kind of disappointed. But in fairness, the park never never promised that it would be open at any particular day. Um, I think yeah, they did. You could, say, you could say Valhalla opening from. 2021 <laughs> yeah you could yeah. you could say that yeah in, in fairness it, it it it's one of those things where i think from a, a marketing and a messaging perspective i think that could have been dealt with a little bit better i think internally they should have just worked out a date and then just said this is the date i think it's a little bit clumsy to kind of come out and say it'll be potentially maybe around this time especially when you're talking about you know it's not that cheap to go to a park these days i mean pleasure beach isn't too bad um but if someone were paying you know 30 pounds 35 pounds each and went on the saturday kind of expecting it was going to be open and then it then it wasn't and um 
Yeah, so I, I think that was a little bit clumsy from the park, and I think they could have maybe dealt with it a bit better. But it was good that they did then eventually come out and clarify a date. And I think that was partly down to, I think some people turned up on the 8th and were disappointed and kind of vocal about, you know, why it wasn't open. So, so yeah, so, um, well, tell us a bit about um, the opening day then. So how did that happen? What time did it open? Did you get any kind of murmurs that it was going to open at some point? Did you queue up for a particular length of time? I think I saw that some people literally got to the park in the morning and then queued up for hours <laughs> until it opened to make sure yeah. they got on the first boat. So yeah, just tell us a bit definitely. about it, yeah. Um, it was so yeah I mean it was usually on those sort of days you I would have done the same thing I would have if it's a new ride I remember doing it when Smiler was it was kind of soft opening wasn't it the Smiler because it was so delayed Um, and we did wait in a massive massive long queue hoping it would open and things like that so um, but it was a quiet day on park really so we sort of went in we saw that people were there from you know as soon as the park opened but as soon as we got there we everyone was saying 12 o'clock 12 o'clock so the rumblings were 12 basically so we were like okay let's try and get on icon let's try and get on this we'll come back we'll keep checking out the queue um throughout the day and every time we went back it was the same sort of 10 20 people there and i was like well if i'm not gonna wait if i don't need to you know so um we yeah we were thinking of 12 then the rumblings changed to one then the rumblings changed to to two um so we decided to uh highlight of the day go to loki's the new bar um well the reopened uh bar and, and eatery which i'll be honest i've been quite vocal about the um food at blackpool pleasure beach and it's just i've been quite negative about it um the infrastructure and just everything isn't that great but um loki's very highly recommend it quality chicken are amazing potatoes quite well priced it it was so nice it was so so good uh and it's got you got a great view over valhalla so it was perfect for that respect uh we could keep an eye on the queue could get ourselves a cheeky drink a bit of a, a bit of food which like i say was actually nice food um and we yeah so we, we were checking out the queue it started to get a little bit bigger around the i think we got there around quarter past one into the queue so we got there then it did start to snake around quite a bit um so we got there at the right time really but then i don't think we finally got on it until about half three something half three. like that Ooh, so that's quitting it fine because was the park closing at five yeah, it was five. Yeah, lots of people in the queue didn't get on. Basically, they they cut it off. Um, oh, really? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, they basically stopped letting people join the queue because they could see how big the queue was and how long it would take people to get through. They only had about six boats on, um, so it was slow. Um, but yeah, so they opened it. Nice big cheers. Uh, they got the people who won the competition to be on the first boat, like in the station, and then about an hour later they got on it um so uh the press went on it multiple times first some people with that you know with their cameras and whatnot i think the marketing team went in there and did and that's a great word to describe this whole situation to be fair and again i i, I people are going to listen to this and think what does mikey have against pleasure beach and i really don't i actually have a really good relationship with pleasure beach and they always you know when we've gone to their halloween events they've always asked for um like like hard feedback to say what could we do better what should we do differently what did you like what you didn't like um 
and honesty is you know i'm I'm not going to absolutely poo on some someone's parade but um it's it was yeah the whole marketing of this has been clumsy and it was really sort of any sort of buzz that was there it, of course it's there because it's valhalla like you say probably one of the best dark rides dark wet rides in the world it is phenomenal um so it was there was still a buzz but it was more of like a come on buzz if that makes sense um so so we got in yeah and you know what the 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 frontage looks really really nice lots of steam the seeing the waterfalls back on again looking awesome uh the boats look nice the station looks really cool um so everything's like wow this is really good stuff i'm really enjoying it you know there's some things you'd always do differently they could have thought about a few little um things i I remember brett saying that you know even the lights would be better if they were flickering you know those little tiny little touches um but it was all good we managed to get on the uh boat we got to the bottom of the lift hill and then we had an evac which was a highlight of the day to be honest after loki's it was awesome you know we got to go a little it was only the first um first lift hill so we didn't get to explore much of backstage but we got to sort of come out the boat while it's in the trough and everyone every thuzi loves a little cheeky evac don't they um we were sort of like wondering underneath where behind the station where the waterfalls come so that was pretty cool to see all that and then it was about another sort of 20 minutes half an hour before we finally got on it again um I don't know how are we doing like is this a spoiler free or a spoiler ish episode like i don't know how much to say it's been open so, for a little bit now yeah so i think we can do spoilers because by the time this episode comes out the blackpool episode that we did um and that's probably got some spoilers in there so yeah i think we can let's do a spoiler alert so uh, if you alert don't, spoiler if you, <laughs> yeah if you it's don't it's wet it really, it's really wet um if yeah spoiler alert uh, we're gonna do let's do spoilers because i think i think people have talked about this so much and by the yeah, time this episode yeah. goes out people will know about it uh so yeah let's just let's just get into it i think sweet oh good okay yeah so so i mean like it's uh i don't want to do like a play for play as such but um the first thing that i really really did notice is that the new soundtrack i know um everything is uh it's all people's opinions there's no right or wrong answer but this soundtrack is not a not a patch on the old one i'd go as far as to say that this soundtrack's quite bad for the ride it doesn't fit it at all in the slightest um there was quite a few audio issues in the fact that they there was a section where they were trying to sell tell some sort of story um which i like i like that they, they're trying to uh, incorporate that but you just couldn't hear it so the music was there but nothing was it wasn't really getting you pumped for the ride like the old music did um and yeah it was that was a bit of a shame um obviously going up the lift hill I, everything actually looked really pretty and really cool like like so, the dogs could have been had a bit more work on and the you know the statue as you go in would have been nice to be an animatronic you know it's 2023 just seen a, a statue there that's the same sort of thing as the the river caves that was made you know millions of years ago um i just feel like something more could have been there but the actual tunnel as such that you're going up the lift hill looked really really cool i really liked that um it's a shame that 
I feel I, I don't know if you feel the same, right? That you know, I mean, it was it was dated. It's twenty years old, but having the face at the top, basically saying you're entering Valhalla, sort of thing. I, I, the fact that there was nothing there and it was just some sort of like it looked like a mask with two red dots, which did sort of follow you yeah. around the ride, but it did just look like it just looked like two old red lights. You couldn't really tell. Yeah, um, I think I think it needs an icon. I, I was saying that to Shelley that that was almost like the best part of the ride in a way because um, it used to get you so pumped that you had that. Um, it was a projection, wasn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. And it, and it was like, welcome to Valhalla. And, like, and it was like very dramatic and very loud. And I always thought that bit was like, oh, my God, what am I, what am I, what, what ride am I on? What am I in store for? Um, I think that was a little bit lost. Uh, at the moment Definitely. on this version i would say i was surprised that they changed the soundtrack because to me the soundtrack was so iconic uh and i understand that maybe uh the audio you know could have been recorded in a different way to to make it um you know project a bit better because one of the problems that they had with the audio previously was i don't know if they've changed how they're trying to isolate the sound on the ride but it was a bit different because previously it was almost like they had some gigantic speakers like above the ride and they just kind of pounded it into the ride. So sometimes when there was a speaker off or something somewhere, you could hear it really loud somewhere else in the ride. But but now um, it, it felt kind of quieter and a bit more isolated. And I don't know if they're trying to do that yeah. on purpose, but I kind of felt that it kind of lost the atmosphere a little bit maybe. Yeah, yeah, it, like it's it's weird. Like with theater or scare attractions or rides, you don't really want any sound bleed. But in Valhalla, the sound bleed worked, if that makes sense. Um, so, whereas now, yeah, and and some bits were we were just in complete darkness with with hardly any sound at all. So it just the the whole point of Valhalla is so impactful and like every new room you go into is like, wow, oh my God, look at that. It's hot, it's cold, it's snowing, it's fire, it's water. We just, you, all those senses just felt like they were diminished quite a lot. Yeah, Obviously so I, it was day one. So, you know, lots mm-hmm. of might have changed. I hope has changed since then, but it was just, it, it wasn't ready to open basically. Yeah, so for us, the the hot room was it was warm. I did feel it. It was. I don't think it was as hot as it as it used to be, uh, and all the smoke was on, and it kind of like followed you through as you were, or at least it kind of felt like it was. Yeah, following you. I don't know the smoke was, was really good. That that sort of like yeah. top tunnel that was actually looking the best it had. I think. Um, yeah, because because that's been uh, that's been temperamental for a while. The cold room for us was cold, but it didn't feel as cold as it used to be. One query I've got, though, is that when they built the ride, the system that they built was so complex, it actually produced real snow. And I saw some snow being kind of pumped into the room, but it was kind of behind us. We'd already kind of gone through, so we kind of missed it a little bit. It it looked like maybe, I I don't know, is it still real snow or not? To me... It looks like so. Yeah, the ice room, and we'll, yeah, I think we we'll have probably a bit of a longer discussion on the ice room as well. But um, the it, to me, it just looked like a one of those little foam things that you can get from a shop, if that makes sense, like a foamy fake snow thing that 
wasn't that impressive to be it actually was a little bit like if maybe they had five of those dotted around in the right places but the fact that it you could i could see it shooting up before it came back down i'm like that's not how snow works that's not very immersive um but yeah they ugh, that ice room um well it's just a, it looks more like a hot ice advertisement to me now but um but yeah, well, it's well it, yeah, and and I didn't actually know this, but um, and I suppose this is like some basics that anyone should know. That it has actually, was actually stage works that have done the reimagining. That's right. So and they they produce hot ice, don't they? So I guess yeah. that's where the yeah. link is. <laughs> so um, yeah, well, um, the, the person who like the, like the creative director behind this, um, behind the sort of reimagining of Valhalla. Who has done things like um, I think they've done a maze, a couple of mazes at Thorpe. Like scare, they're they're predominantly scare attraction people. Um, they've done the Journey to Hell Freak Nights and and that sort of thing. Um, so doing the world's best dark ride is probably their biggest gig ever. Um, which I'm fair play to them, absolutely. But um, that is one hell of yeah. a jump. Yeah, yeah, it's it was. I, I was looking through like what they've done in the past. I was thinking, okay, they've done that. They've done, I think they did Hellgate. They've, I can't remember exactly what else now, but um, it wasn't like a ginormous list. But um, you know, fair play that they've managed to get this. Yeah, like I said, like Brett says, such a massive jump to one of the world's best rides. But but yeah, like you say, the smoke was cool. I was a bit, you know, the the forwards, the backwards drop that is now forwards. It's. I mean, if they had to do it for technical reasons, I understand it. But it was. It's such a tiny, diddy little drop that it's kind of pointless. And it looked. It was. It felt so much bigger backwards. I don't know if you had much going on on that turntable. Yeah. But all I so could see was two red lights again, and that was right. about it. Really. Okay. Yeah. So there was more lights on when we had it. I could see like a scene in front of me and and the wood in front of me. I don't think we had the smoke on. I could vividly see Huds turning against like a, a wooden sort of paneling, and I thought the effect was actually pretty good because it kind of felt like wait a minute. What's going on here? And because in the past, you kind of expect to turn the other way, but we turned the opposite way to what you normally would. And um, the, I guess what they've done is, so if you don't know about Valhalla, previously what Valhalla had a, had an opening to the, to the side of the ride uh, on the upstairs and used to see um, the boat kind of almost appear um, into uh, the trap where the uh, turntable used to happen. So you'd kind of see a glimpse of the boat and then you'd see the boat going backwards. And I think the reason why they did that is because obviously back in the day when you used to have to buy tickets for rides, you know, you had to kind of show it off and people had to see what was going on and people would probably go, what is going on there? Why is the boat going backwards? I need to go on that and see. And it was a very unique thing. I think when it happened, I think, it was potentially the first, it was the world first of a water ride that went backwards, I think. I don't know if I've imagined that. Um, so I think what they've tried to do is by, I think what the reason why they've kind of blocked that off is because they want to create darkness and there's probably going to be a bit more smoke in there and, and the light in. And I think they almost want to do a bit of a Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, so I don't know if you've been on Pirates of the Caribbean at, um, you know, at Disney World or Disneyland yeah. Paris. Probably Disneyland Paris does it a bit better. But 
they tried to sell this uh, drop as something more than what it is. And I think that's what they're going for. Uh, And it was much darker than the other two drops. So I think what they're trying to do is disorientate you, plunge you into kind of darkness. And then, you know, if you've never been on this ride before, you wouldn't know what drop is ahead of you like we know that it's only a small drop because we remember from when it went backwards but we we had some people on on our boat who i don't think had ever been on it before and they were like surprised by it <laughs> so i would right, say in a, right. in a way the effect the effect worked um and i and i understand why they've had to do it because they obviously had um, a switch track at the top and then they had a switch track at the bottom. So now we've just got kind of one that, that turns it and the one at the bottom doesn't, you know, it's probably not there anymore or it doesn't do anything. So for me, that effect kind of worked and I, and I liked it. And I, at the time I thought, all right, so this is pretty good. I quite like this effect, this, this turning. Um, the bit, what kind of, what it felt like to me is that the first kind of two thirds of the ride were kind of, you know, nearly there. The water vortex was on. Uh, loving that. Ah, see, we um, we didn't have that. We didn't have the water vortex. Ah, uh, well, it was like know, each drop yeah. was like you know when like one drop, the big drops, you'd have the water vortex, and the other drop, you'd have the ring of fire. It's like yeah. it, we had, we didn't have any of that. Yeah, so we had the water vortex, and when we, were, I was like, oh, we've got the water vortex <laughs> because every uh, like almost for the last like probably five times I've been on it in the past, like it just didn't work or it worked intermittently. Um, so that was great that we got the vortex, but then I felt like when we went up the final lift hill, the, the, it wasn't quite dark enough. And the, 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 it, they've put like kind of dark canvas around the lift hill, but actually I could see through it and you could see the rest of the ride <laughs> pretty much. So yeah, it just broke yeah. the immersion straight away. And, that final that final lift hill should be that is the the grand finale you're meant to be dropping into valhalla into the ring of fire explosions and it's meant to be exciting and to have that final lifter which is just literally in the dark and all you hear is and it's like yeah it does kind of build a bit of suspense but when i kind of look to the right and then see a load of like track and stuff like it's like yeah, it's, uh, it's like uh, you lose like, it don't you yeah i totally agree with you as that as well like like moving on to, to like that back end of the ride um it, i remember when you're going up there it is it was always so impactful a bit like the beginning really when you hear that welcome to valhalla sort of thing it is this the anticipation it's the build-up and you would go into that last sort of top section and the big chandelier would come on and it's rocking, you know, all the schools. And then you'd have the two hammers crash down on you. So we didn't have the two hammers. Um, the roller thing above you would come up. We didn't have that. Uh, all the the arrows that had fire going into the wall to the left of you. We only had one arrow that worked. And then another thing that they have put in that's, that's new up there is, did you see those selection of skeletons that were sort of on those metal rails? just yes. to the left of you yeah. i that was my and again people are going to say that i'm i'm crapping on them I'm, I'm really not but that was the sort of i understand that the ride wasn't quite ready and i appreciate that and i'm looking forward to going back again this weekend to see how much more there is compared you know just discussing it with you now ryan i can tell there was way more than there was when we were there um but those i don't know did those skeletons move when you were there or were they just static I don't remember seeing them move, uh, no, if I'm honest. No. No. So they're on sort of like rails that will 
you know, just tilts a little bit like a seesaw sort of thing, I believe. Anyway, mm. I've seen them at like trans worlds and stuff like that. But the problem is they've just got about five or six or five or six of them together in a well-lit space where you can see all the rigging. So the immersion, again, nothing's hidden as such. And they, if, you, if they had five or six of those throughout that top section dotted around, then you, it would be actually really quite a scary section if they were hidden properly, if they were lit properly. But it just feels that they've gone to a vendor and gone, we'll have six of those, please, because we've got a 10 by 10 foot space up on the top bit. And they've just shoved them all in and... It's that was the bit where I've just gone right. They've just looked in a catalogue and gone, we'll have them, and that really, to me, cheapens the ride. I mean, they've spent four mil on it. They spent a lot of money, um, and we've got to give kudos to the fact that they have updated the the whole trough. Um, it's a lot less bumpy than it was. It, it was really, really bumpy at times. They obviously redone yeah. the boats. Uh, you still get lots of water in them, but mm. I understand that a lot of money's gone there, but. It, does just feel like other bits those skeletons to me look quite tacky which ruined it mm, yeah i mean opinion. yeah the the boat throws felt a bit more stable we still had water like sloshing in though because it creates waves doesn't it um yeah, quite, yeah especially so i think we kind of almost survived until the second drop and then a big wave kind of came in the boat um but the good news was that i, did, I wasn't ankle deep in water which i have been uh not until the very final drop when quite a bit of water came into the boat <laughs> but it wasn't too bad i understand uh from talking to one of the ops i think uh one of the boats had a bit of a leak uh and so one of them did get a lot of water in the day before i think we visited uh but that was taken off service ours was okay and um Obviously, the big Hoover. They've now got a big, gigantic pipe at the end where they, where they Hoover up all the water. They've actually built it into the station yeah. now, haven't they? It's so. still fundamental to the ride. <laughs> They've got this gigantic Hoover, and you see, I think so. I don't know when we first started talking about Valhalla, but for me, this is one of the things that I don't enjoy about Valhalla is. I'm fine with, yeah, you're going to get splashed from above and you're going to get wet and that's fine. That's like, you know, a tidal wave and all these other rides. But water coming in when you're just going down a trough and it kind of spilling into the boat, to me, that's just not right. It's just not part of the experience. That's um, more of a rapids, isn't it? It's yeah. Like rapids. <laughs> and it's not good in the fact as well that you, this is more of an operations point of view. And this is, this was a terrible idea when they bought it in anyway. And every single member of staff I've spoken to at Blackpool Pleasure Beach agree. But those new turnstiles, you have to have your phone on you. I don't know what it is about Blackpool, but everywhere else is do not take loose articles on this ride. Whilst Blackpool are saying, you must bring your loose article on this ride so you can scan it, so you can get onto the ride, so then you can potentially let it fall out of pocket, let it, you know, your bag, mm. you're taking a bag, you can't put it on the floor because it's absolutely soaking wet. It's, um, I know people that her, her, their phones have been completely damaged because of water damage. Yeah. So you have to go through with it. Yeah, so Scott from Pleasure Beach Experience, he he posted a picture of his phone saying water is in, in it, it's not going to work. Um, uh, what I would say is, and we said this on, on our episode we did at the park, is that uh, 
you should definitely wear a poncho or a very waterproof coat. And don't just get one of those cheap ponchos. Get one of the good ones. And they are doing um, a Mr. Funshine one now. So you could get one of those. One thing is that there isn't really, there isn't a lap bar. Uh, there's like a bit of a bar in front of you, which means you've got quite a lot of space in front of you. So what I would suggest is if you have a bag, put it around the front of you and then, you know, put your poncho over the top and then put your phone into the bag or something. Um, and then there's much less chance of it getting wet um, because I was going to put my phone in my pocket um, and I, cause I thought, oh, well, I've got my poncho on, so it'd be fine. But completely forgetting that actually water is going to come into the side of the boat and actually completely drench the side of my leg. So if yeah. I had have kept my phone in that pocket, I'm pretty sure it would, it have, would been have been screwed. Next. Definitely, yeah. definitely. But again, I mean, that's that's that's. I suppose that's not us talking about the ride experience as such. But it does, it does. I don't enjoy the ride as much when I've, I'm worried about my bag and. You know, I've yeah. got all the podcast stuff in there and things like that. And granted, you can get a locker. You can pay for a locker, post to Alice and things like that. But then no one wants to do that, do they? <laughs> do you know what I mean? And, and the fact that you have to have your phone with you, it's actually well, better to take your bag with you. So you can put it in your bag and put it on your lap and hide it underneath one of your ponchos. Well, the park could argue that you don't have to have your phone in a way because you can request um, a ticket. Uh, with a barcode yeah. on. Uh, in uh, fairness, we we actually did do that as well, uh, just for ease. Especially with uh, we were with Emma from Top Thrill Tourists, and we were there with her uh, two kids, uh, Lola and Finley. Um, so she has to when she goes through a turnstile, she has to get her phone, do hers, scroll, do Finley's, scroll, do Lola's. It's just a faff. So the fact that she had just tickets, she'd give them to the kids at the beginning of each ride, scan it, right, now give it back to her mum, and I'll put it back in my yeah. But they don't want, mm. I mean, the thousands of people that ride Valhalla, they don't want thousands of people queuing up at guest services to get one of those cards, do they? No, I don't I don't think so. Um, but yeah, so it's, you know, I, I still enjoyed it. It was still really fun. Yeah, um, yeah. I think, you know, my view is, I think we've got to put this into context. That I was just watching something earlier, you know, Disney spent $100 million on like Expedition Everest, for example. Um, what what Pleasure Beach have been able to do with £4 million and, and it's not, they obviously haven't spent four million pounds on theming. They've probably spent a fair proportion on changing things, making the ride more sustainable. Probably working on the you know the turntable section. Uh, I think they've added anti rollback. I don't know if it had that before. Someone said it had been added. Um, yeah, no, they've added. They have added anti rollback, and they've added new sensors, and they they have basically yeah the the bulk of it's gone on the the longevity and safety and etc of the ride which is perfect which is exactly what they should have done really yeah and and obviously over time the effects can be changed um the the bones of it need to be right i think the problem with with it before was the bones weren't right you know if the turntable wasn't working then the ride couldn't operate you know it couldn't turn that corner um things like that uh, they've had to do and so for me if the bones of it are right and it's sustainable and at least if it if it could just operate in the dark if it had to then fine um but they can add effects they can add things in later and, and maybe that's what they're planning to do maybe it's going to be a bit you know a phased uh approach with the effects i don't know yeah. so you know I, I more to come soon as well like you know yeah. i 
your experience seems like that there was way more there than on mine like you say you have the water vortex other people i've seen have had balls of fire um and it really needs that last room that nice big fireball but we, we didn't get that and, but a few people have been saying that they have got fire um so yeah i mean there might be a few things there even now that they were hoping to have done and ready to go and just aren't um so yeah again i, I sound negative and and the, the ice room i'll be honest the whole ride is still it's still a great ride. It's a great water ride. If you, we didn't have an old Valhalla to compare it to, we'd go on that and go, that was cool. Um, it's just the fact that we had such an epic ride before. Um, that At the minute in the technical rehearsal stage, it does feel like more of a downgrade as opposed to a reimagining, but lots of kinks to iron out, hopefully, and things to add make it roll a little bit better basically mm. and you know music has been louder people have said you know people who have gone quite regularly have gone every single day they're going it is getting better and better so other than the ice room the ice room is a complete abomination absolute <laughs> like i'll be i'll put that point blank now you've took something that was incredible you've put a little sort of statue of hot ice in there and it's it's probably not hot ice but get you get those vibes with the yeah. crappy little snow machine. So, yeah, now that is the one thing I'll say. And I'll say that, I'll go, what have you done to that ice room? But everything else, still so much potential. And they just got to, you know, get everything working, I guess. saying that okay all these things were are now working the hammers are working the vortex tunnel the fire well actually that's just Valhalla well here's a, a question I want to ask both of you because obviously you've both seen two now versions of the ride um what's new I've just listened to you for 30 minutes having a conversation and neither of you have told me anything that it's new uh Good shout. Good shout. <laughs> I can hear you guys talk about, you know, oh, some of the old effects are back. That's amazing. And they're working. Uh, but they've removed some of the old effects as well and replaced it with some plastic skeletons from Poundland. So, <laughs> okay. So, what, what is new? And also, what I, could they on. have spent the four million on just actually bringing back what was already an award-winning ride, even when it wasn't open during COVID. Yeah. I, at, me seeing it in the state I store it, I'd say that's what they should have done. It's just made what they had better, if that makes sense. This whole reimagining is, is a little bit lackluster. But new-wise, um, so there's a new man man statue as you go in, uh, which, which I said earlier in the fact that it should be more, maybe an animatronic would have been better. Um so when you go up the uh, lift hill, there were, it was like a tunnel trammel. Instead, it's now more like uh, skulls in the side of the wall, which do look pretty cool, to be fair. Um, then as you were going through this first sort of top smoky section, you remember there used to be a, a big face that would pop up to the right? Um, yeah. That is now replaced with a room of lanterns. 
don't know why. Couldn't hear it in the story if that's. Oh, there. I, I kind of like I kind of like the lanterns, and I think um, Shelley said, "Oh, that's that's quite cool," and it, it did kind of look atmospheric. But I think I didn't actually understand why they were there. Yeah, um, so <laughs> I don't yeah. get the point of the lanterns. Um, the, the other new thing in the fact that the turntable turns the other way and you go forwards now. Um, the other new thing for me, what well, there's two. I could only count two, but two new big V signs, like the Valhalla V, lit up in blue. Uh, yeah, they're yeah. new. Um, what else is new? Those skeletons that are terrible. Um, the hot ice room, I'm going to call it now the hot ice room. That's a new, it's the old room, but all new stuff in there. Um, other than that, for me, and oh, there's some bells. So as you go through the top section, there's some bells hanging and you hear some bells. Shelley uh, said that the uh, lanterns reminded her of Tangled. So I don't know if we are going for a, a Disney <laughs> remix. Disney remix. Tangled. Um, it's a good film. It's a good film. Um, but then actually thinking about it. Oh, and also, yeah. So you had the, it's supposed to be some sort of like the icon mask face you see it on the first lift hill and then you see a smaller version of it on the turntable. It is, it's lost in lighting. Like they could have done so much more with projection mapping, something more 21st century. Cause to me that those two big red lights of that sort of mask to me looks like pre 2000 stuff. Like the, it's, I don't even think they look like LEDs. They look like old school lights to me. That's just me being super critical, I guess. But other than that, we did go around most of the ride in darkness, so I can't say I saw lots of new stuff, I'll be honest. Um, can, I don't know if I Ryan's going to say something different. Can I, can I sort of raise a, a few points playing devil's advocate on the side of, uh, of Blackpool Pleasure Beach for a, for a tick? Because I think um, I, I might have a, a bit of a different perspective. Um, obviously, I've not ri- uh, ridden uh, New Valhalla, um, so I've I've only gone on the old one. Um, so massive, you know, pinch of salt on on that one. Um, but I, I guess that the whole point of technical rehearsals is to iron out millions of kinks. It's not just you know the technical rehearsals. They're probably making theme adjustments. They're probably training staff. They're probably going through a whole you know conundrum of of lighting problems and sound problems and you know trying to figure out a way to make this work on mass um and so i i guess the problem is by opening this ride up for technical rehearsals the people who will be riding right now are the fanatics are the people who really love roller coaster rides who really love dark rides who want the experience who are really passionate and they're seeing this beta product like you know mikey's ride sounds really different to ryan's ride and that to me screams you know this is early days and this is something that's still under a huge amount of change so from my perspective listening to you both it sounds like maybe final judgment on this ride needs we, we need to hold fire we need to find out you know what the actual experience to the mass you know to, to the masses will be whenever that that starts um and i think the other thing that i just like to really quickly highlight is that they won't have been making changes randomly. They won't have taken away elements from the old ride uh, and, uh, and you know, 
made substantial changes for no reason. There, there will have been a reason. Maybe it was a maintenance cost. Maybe it was a staff training. Maybe it was reliability. Um, but I, I think what Ryan said about getting the, the bones in place, getting the, you know, making sure the ride will work on mass and that it can change and can be upgraded over time. I think maybe that was probably where they were going uh, from the sounds of a lot of these big changes that have been made. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm gonna err on the side of optimism, um, and I, I guess that's sort of my my take on on what you guys have been been saying. Yeah, and I, I'd I'd probably agree with that. I thought I thought what was funny is um, we were queuing up um, in in the station, and I looked up at the control room, and they had like a screen in front of them. There was a lot of red flashing lights on it, <laughs> and uh, Shelley said to <laughs> me, "Reassuring." Yes, yeah, Shelley says. Oh, I don't know if they're all meant to be flashing. I don't know if they are or they aren't. It might just be part of this is still working, so it's flashing, <laughs> it's flashing. But um, I don't know. It, it was it was interesting, and um, I'm optimistic about it. I, I think over time it'll get better. I think for now they they just have to have something uh, that works and that's impressive, and definitely the people that rode it with me who. I don't think they weren't enthusiasts and I don't know if they've ridden it before. They were a bit younger than me anyway, so maybe not. And uh, they seem to really enjoy it. So I think that's probably the acid test. I think, you know, if the general public are enjoying it, then, you know, that's, that's the main thing. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And also as well, I, I really, really, really hope I eat my words. Like when I was there on the day as well, like, it it can come across as a bit negative purely because that it it was it just was very dark so when you're excited to get on something new and you see all these old effects that are still there but not working it just felt like a back step rather than a forward step but i like i said i said it in our vlog i was like i really really want to come back and i really want to eat my words so that's like what i'm optimistic that that is going to happen um i just ha- you know when you come off a ride that you've been so excited to get on and you are so deflated, even knowing it is a technical rehearsal and everyone sort of had the same sort of vibe as well. It it, it was just this sort of slightly deflating sort of thought, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, but yeah I, I really do hope, I like I said, and I love Blackpool. I've got such a soft spot for Blackpool Pleasure Beach. Uh, I love the place. It's, it's a great you know, British amusement park that we should be proud that we have. Um, but, uh, and yeah, I, I really, really do hope I eat my words. And I hope I'll eat a few of them. This, you know, I'm going back this weekend. I'm really hoping I see a few changes there. And, you know, it's like, it, same with, not to try and make the comparison, but the curse at Autumn Manor, that won't be completely finished until 2024. So um, mm. it's just, it, it's not, it's probably... I don't want to put a percentage on it, but it's almost there. But there are still things happening all the way throughout this year. Um, so hopefully that's just the same with Valhalla. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay. Um, Brett, have you got anything further? Yeah, unfortunately, I am less optimistic. I am going to be a little bit harsher on this one, I think. Um, from listening to both of your guys' reviews, Mikey obviously saw basically nothing. That is expected. Ryan, you saw far more, but what I'm hearing is that you saw bits of the old ride with bits of the new ride that were bad, whereas Mikey just saw none of it. So 
<laughs> I don't actually. Yeah, I, currently you're saying that okay, all these things were are now working. The hammers are working. The vortex tunnel, the fire. Well, actually, that's just Valhalla, except with, with lanterns. Yeah. So, well, that's yeah. My, that's my only mm. takeaway is that I'm worried that they spent four million to reimagine it, and actually all they've done is just open it up again take away some of the bits we really liked yeah no i can i can definitely see that perspective um and yeah i mean i i don't know if the new bits are bad or not because i don't know if we saw it in you know the in the right lighting conditions in the right positions you know like like mikey said with the skeletons maybe the plan is to do something different but they just had to make sure it was working you know and they've I don't know. I, I just think that final lift hill for me, uh, I'm worried that they're not going to do anything with it because it's it's literally just, um, you know, some uh, fabric over a, a lift hill at the moment. So um, I guess let's just let's just wait and see. But I'm I'm optimistic. It was still a fun ride. You know, everyone enjoyed it. I think we just have such high standards for, for Valhalla, don't we, ultimately? And and for me, it, it still is the best dark water ride certainly in the uk anyway but probably certainly uh further afield as well so we'll just see how it develops and hopefully now it's more sustainable it can you know not have the breakdowns it used to do and maybe the theming you know can come over time um but yeah okay well for the final section of this uh so we talked a lot about valhalla we had a lot to talk about there um Let's just do a quick round robin with our theme park triumphs. Um, hopefully, you've got uh, some uh, good ones. We'll just uh, we'll just do one each. Um, so I'll start with uh, our ghost host, Mikey. Do you want to share one of your theme park triumphs? Yeah. So this it's actually only a really tiny little thing. Like it's not like something big. Like I ran the Orton Towers Marathon or anything like that. But I feel a tiny little triumph every time I get into a single rider queue and just by magic still get to sit next to Hannah. Oh, the feeling when you're skipping a two hour queue and you're not, you're not doing it to be naughty. You're not skipping the queue on purpose. You're both in the queue because you're happy to ride alone to get on it. But there's been so many times at different theme parks around the world where it's like, oh, we'll just do single rider. I don't mind. I'm not going to look at the person sat next to me anyway. I'm just on a ride. So we'll get in it. And then you still get to sit next to the person anyway. And we have been sneaky before. Like, say, for example, the Smiler. Like, with single riders, they could put me on row three and Hannah on row four. We, we figure out who else is already in the pen. And we're like, oh, do you, got, do you want to go on the back row? And that person will go, oh, yeah, I'll go on the back row. And then we still get to get to sit together. <laughs> so it's a, it's a little bit sneaky, but we're, we're just working the system within the rules that you're allowed to do. Um, they tell you when to go onto the ride. So, yeah, that is my little mini triumph. I feel each time I go to a park single rider queue but get to sit together bosh means you're bossing the day yeah and and you know um the single rider queue that i was thinking about this the other day that um they always say you will get split up and i kind of feel like on some rides they kind of purposely definitely split you up like they just want to make a point of doing it but i have seen some people 
like stand I think this has happened on 13 I, I think I remember first time I went on 13 some people we would have, we went down the single rider queue because uh, we just wanted to ride it and the queue was massive it was like nearly two hours or something some people were with us in the single rider queue and they absolutely kicked off with the ride operators they were going well why are they going on now I want to go on with them and it's like because it's a single rider queue I'm filling this particular spot here come and sit here and they flat out refused to, to do it but you know the, the ride-ups tried to handle it and in the end they, they just relented and sat them together and i just thought these guys have skipped this queue then just kicked off with these poor ride operators and then they've managed to sit together it's like why would you why would you do this so it, it maybe it can bring out the worst in people as well but it sounds like mikey you're doing it in a very very friendly and, and gentle. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. At the end of the day, if you've got to sit separately, that's why you're in that queue. Like that, it's, it's, it says it on the sign. Do you know what I mean? So, like, so um, yeah. And so if we didn't get to sit together, it's not, I wouldn't come off sort of going, oh, I can't believe we couldn't get to sit together. But when you do on those random little times, it just feels like a little, just a little bonus. Just like, wow, we just skipped a two hour queue, come on it in 10 minutes and still managed to sit together. What a win want to win and also you got to pay for parking so you got the rush from paying over that money for the parking <laughs> at the start of the day oh take my money for that tarmac <laughs> okay great um brett um share with us your theme park triumph i actually struggled with this one um so i was thinking of the things that i've done at a theme park that i'm either really proud of or something that i've been really happy to have been able to do um and one was actually, um, I was lucky enough to do some work experience at Chessington. Uh, this is a very, very long time ago. And I managed to uh, work it out with uh, a few different people. And I ended up actually having to build, I ended up building all of the wheels for Rattlesnake uh, at Chessington. And being able to then go back to the park later that year and see it running uh, on little bits and know that there were some little parts of the brakes that I actually hammered into the track uh, and then actually riding that as well and knowing that you had some sort of uh, part in that is is amazing like that's kind of a, a proper little kind of dream thing uh, I, I don't know if I'd recommend working on a maintenance team for uh, for a theme park because it's hard hard work um, and a lot of the people that work on these roller coasters aren't roller coaster enthusiasts like I am and it is just a job it feels like you're actually just working a garage but um yeah to be able to do that and then go and actually ride it later in the year when it was open knowing that and also fingers crossed that those things held up <laughs> were, were you telling you people in the... <laughs> yeah. yeah were you telling people in the queue line we're going oh look at look at my wheels were you were you doing that uh, no, I, no, I don't think I did at any point, but I, I definitely watched it for a while uh, with a little bit of concern. You, you never know. I, I maybe what because my I did have this sort of fear that I would one day read a newspaper article saying wheel falls apart on rattlesnake at Chessington, killing four, and I, I, I literally that would have been, yeah, it's, it's it was fine. <laughs> Good, good. Yeah, no. Oh well, it's it's good that it all worked out well then. Um, I, I'll share uh, my theme park triumph. Um, 
this involves a, a certain Sesame Street uh, character. Um, so <laughs> when I was at um, Port Ventura, they have um, a Sesamo area. I think they call it uh, Sesamo something. I can't remember over there. Um, and they had uh, Cookie Monster. I don't think they co- actually call him Cookie Monster. They call him something that isn't. I, ca- I can't remember. But anyway, so Cookie Monster uh, came out in the park and I, and I, I spied him and I saw him heading towards his spot where people could get their pictures. And I literally legged it towards cookie monster and there were kids all around me all also running towards cookie monster. And I thought I can, I can beat these kids. So, <laughs> so I just sped up and got straight to the front and I got my picture with Cookie Monster. And what was quite good is that later on, because it was Halloween and uh, they had the Halloween cavalcade uh, parade, uh, I saw Cookie Monster and he kind of pointed at me and kind of waved at me. And I like to think that me and Cookie Monster have got a little bit of respect between us now after I managed to uh, race all those kids to get that picture. So that was my uh, little theme park triumph. And you've got to love Sesame Street, let's be honest. Puppets are wicked. If anyone doesn't like puppets, you're just wrong. That's a... Okay, yeah. Puppets are wicked. Sooty is my hero. Oh, yeah, you've got a Sooty thing, haven't you? I forgot about that. Yeah. I love Sooty so much. Sorry. (laughs) I I don't know about the Sooty thing. What what is the Sooty thing? Should I ask? It's just a really weird kink. It's not a kink. Jeez. He's an innocent bear. He's five and 65 at the same time. He's got two birthdays like the Queen. He doesn't talk, but I I know what he's saying. I understand what sweep's squeaking. You just do. Just, yeah, yeah. I, I, I've got a, I've got a squeak in my bedside cabinet actually. Um, so <laughs> I've, I've got way way too many uh, sooty memorabilia items than a grown man should admit. I'll we need to right. Well, me and you, Mikey, we need to have a bit of a chat about cousin Scampy because I'm trying to get hold of one and uh, I haven't been able to locate one yet. So it's it difficult. No, I, I don't think I have. A, I only have a miniature version of a cousin Scampy. I think Who's it came in a match. Oh, Sooty, Sweep, a panda called Sue, and little cousin Scampy too. They'll be fun for all with the terrible fall. Just you wait and see. It's Sooty and company. Sorry. Um, Oh my god! <laughs> this has been properly derailed. This episode. This is, what's what's this going on? Terrific. Yeah, this, Scampy I, I came in. A, he came in a little later. He came in a little later. Did Scampy? Cousin Scampy. Do you know what's nice. Do you know what's really annoying is that I literally had a cousin Scampy puppet because when we used to go oh. and watch Sooty at the theatre, you, you you could never get a sweep like the sweeps would be gone in like two seconds. Like everyone would get the sweeps. So uh, I already had a Sooty. I already had a Sue because I think I'd got one previously. So my grandma was like, well, you're going to have to have a cousin Scampy. So I was like, all right, well, yeah, I'll get a cousin Scampy. But I think my mum threw him away. So I had a cousin wow. Scampy puppet and, I, and I'm and i like, oh, I wish I'd have, wish I'd have kept it. Oh, me, I bet, man. I, I was, I've, got, I've, still, I've got puppets from like the 60s like that have been passed down to me and things like that but uh, sorry this is nothing to do with theme parks although sooty does ha- now have his own land at creeley theme park can oh, can i, I have a related story on this actually it's a really quick one um when i went to disneyland as a, a kid and it was disneyland we went to the west coast um i think really early 90s 
They were selling uh, what puppets with strings called marionettes. They were selling marionettes yeah, yeah. with um, with all, all like um, like Winnie the Pooh and Tigger and and stuff. I've all of them got tangled up, got thrown away years ago. I managed to refind and purchase all of them apart from the marionette of Tigger. So if anyone sees that puppet, let me know because I'm all over it. I want that. I want that puppet. See, I told you, puppets are awesome. We all, we all agreed, hundred percent. I think we, we might are, we, we might need to change this podcast to theme puppet loopy or something like that. I don't know. Absolutely, it's the way forward. I'm in. I am in. Do you know what? What's quite good though is this this episode kind of goes full circle because obviously Sutty actually was discovered on the North Pier. One day he was a bit of a busker. One day he was a busker. One day he was busking on the North Pier. Absolutely. You know? Did you and know then, he used to be called Teddy? Oh, oh yeah, because um, so um, the the reason why it's called Sutty is because he actually put a bit of coal on his nose, didn't he, to to make I mean, it black? Uh, yeah, on his nose and ears, I believe, to make it uh, black because of black or white TV. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, he used to take him, Harry Harry Corbett. He used to take him around because uh, he was from uh, Bradford. So they used to take him around the hospital in his in his box, in his hand box that he had where it, it was a bit weird. It's kind of like holding a box and then there was a bear in the box and it's clearly not my hand in the box. But anyway. <laughs> it never and, gets old. Never gets old. <laughs> I've got holding a box, but where's my other hand? I, I mean, he didn't do a rod hold though, did he? Where he had like kind of floppy hand, you know. Uh, like a fake hand to attach to it. <laughs> yeah. Although not as good as uh, rod hull on fist fun and i don't this might be a bit of a deep cut to the to the early 90s but uh does anyone remember fist of fun i've never that heard of it dodgy. I, was, I think i've watched it on a different kind of website i, <laughs> I need i need a vpn for that yeah i no, i no, i've no idea yeah so so they have a rod they have a rod hull character <laughs> and um he used to come on the show and he was kind of obsessed with green jelly so he'd be like i like green jelly <laughs> And there's, uh, I don't know, it's hard to explain. You had to be there. Um, no, I th- I think I know that I've, I've heard the sketch before. This is a 90s thing, isn't it? Yeah, well, I, I think when we were at university, Dan, that we would have we would have gone over this, uh, to be honest. So I've probably probably shown you the videos at the time. I, I a good thought. chunk of uni is just like a drunken blur to me now. It uh, has no practical usage in my day-to-day life anymore. Well, that and machine coffees and um, the lecturer who used to... We used to go to a lecturer for, for marketing and I don't know why, but we'd never do his essays on time. So we'd go into his office and say, can we have a little bit more time? And this is at like five o'clock in the afternoon or something. It was due in, in like an hour. And he'd be, he'd be like... Yeah, sure. Don't worry about it. It's fine. You know, have a coffee. Relax. You've got till seven in the morning. <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> um, it was an interesting character. <laughs> so. It was an interesting uni at times. Um, I've still got to share my, my story. Yes. Should I yes. quickly let's, blast through? Because we're, we're getting out of time. Yes. Yeah, so we're running out of time. So let's move on to Dan's theme park triumph. Come on. Right. Okay. I'll try and be, be quick. And if there are any guys or girls into chiropractic treatments or physio you probably yes stop listening crack my back yeah so basically i i destroyed my back like really early days when i started being self-employed like a decade ago i sat at home i was in a dodgy chair and i destroyed my back couldn't 
like just a few months at a time, like I, I wouldn't really be able to move very well because it, it would just hurt. And during one of these spells, um, the the wife and I thought, let's go to, to Alton Towers because obviously that's what you would do. And we got to Alton Towers and I got out of the car and I realized that my back was was completely like like it hurt to get out of the car. And I was like, this is this is a terrible, a terrible idea. Am I going to be paralyzed? Is something terrible going to happen today? Uh, and anyway, I, I ignored that completely. And I went on every single ride. And by the end of the day, my back was fine. So I can only assume that obviously I'm 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 fully licensed to give medical advice. Uh, I'm not. Please don't do this. But theme parks seem to have cured my back. Uh, at least I did for, for that month. Um, although I ended up buying a different chair and that helped permanently fix my back. So if anyone is having debilitating back problems, buy a good chair uh, or go to a theme park. I uh, can wholeheartedly say that I have had the exact opposite experience from Grand National at Blackpool Pleasure Beach. <laughs> it only makes my back worse. Uh, but that's pretty awesome. I might have to. Was it what specific rides that sort of did your back good? Yeah, it's it's a good question. I think the the ride that I was most worried about was Nemesis because of the G forces. Um, but I remember getting on that, genuinely afraid of what would happen, and getting off that, feeling quite quite relieved and very happy about my back situation. So I'm I'm not sure if if maybe like the G forces helped just shuffle things about, or maybe because I was sitting straight, like back bolt upright into the seat, and I was being forced back by the G's. Maybe, maybe a combination of things, but like by the end of the day, genuinely no pain. Like I got back into that car, just feeling normal, uh, which was like black and white from where I started off that day. Uh, again, not medical advice. Don't do this really bad advice but pretty awesome that's that's i mean because sometimes so like obviously having a bad back myself i love the theme park but i do dread that drive back home because i know i'm going to be in pain but uh, maybe i just need to go and re-ride nemesis when it reopens and that'll sort me out i'm just thinking when nemesis reopens they could have a testimonial from dan that just says genuinely in no pain (laughs) (laughs) genuinely in no pain (laughs) That would confuse a, a, a lot of people, all the people. Um, yeah, but but actually, like I think maybe the combination of adrenaline probably also played a factor in all of this. Um, so yeah, maybe the pain was still there, but I didn't feel it anymore. Uh, but I think the real worry was like, I was thinking what would happen if I got on this ride and then like the first sharp bend, it really, really knackered my back. And then I was trapped on, you know, I was trapped on a ride for the next five minutes screaming in agony which luckily didn't happen but was was my fear for that day i think there brett i think we've got some ideas for the for the marketing of nemesis what, what do you think i think uh they're onto something there yeah yeah i, I mean i they should what they should do now is they should strip out all the red veins that are all over the track and put little tiny um vertebrae down it instead of <laughs> With some NHS signs, just to say, <laughs> say if you need, need to wait for a chiropractor, just come on Nemesis instead. <laughs> it might help with the the strikes that are going on. You know, if, you, if you've got a bad back, just go to Walton Towers. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. 
Brilliant. Okay, well, we will wrap it up there then. Um, so, Mikey, do you want to tell people all about you and where they can find you? Uh, all about me? Absolutely. Yep. I uh, My inside leg measurement is... Th- no, I'm joking. Um, so, Scare Track is a, a UK-based Scare Attraction podcast and YouTube channel. We ch- check out as many Scare Attractions uh, as we can um, and a few theme parks in there with Coaster Track 2. We do podcasts, videos. Uh, Hannah has Beer Break, where she checks out all the um, food and drink places and basically just gets a little bit tipsy at theme parks. Um, but you can find everything on our website, scaretrack.co.uk. That's got our links to our Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, which is all just at Scaretrack. Uh, and yeah, give us a follow, give us a like. We love chatting to people about fellow uh, fellow Scare Attraction. Uh, we love chatting to fellow Scare Attraction lovers about Scare Attraction. So yeah, drop us a follow and thanks for having um, me. And puppets. Um, oh, always puppets. I love a puppet. Me and Shelley had a bit of a beer break. We we bought the most expensive beer ever at Pleasure Beach because we spent £27 on two steins of San Miguel. <laughs> no, it's no. oh, a lot. Fair play. Yeah, but I think the steins so I think the steins were nine pounds, and then I presume that you get refills. At, yeah, you can, well, you can you can though. get your deposit back from the stein. Currently, I think you can get a fiver back from the, when you give the stein back. I believe. Oh, I don't know. We just took the steins home. You've, so. you've got to. You've always got to take the glass. The amount of merch cups I have that could have been redeemed for a deposit, I could have probably put down a down payment on a mortgage. Um, but you've got to take them home. Yeah, and I, and I will agree with you on the food situation at, at Pleasure Beach at the at Locus or the Apparate Ski Lounge, I guess is the downstairs mm-hmm. bit, I yeah, think. Yeah. We got the potatoes and half chicken. We shared that it was like uh, well, like £9.50 or something for the half chicken. Yeah. I think it was only £12.50 for like the whole chicken. So Yeah, yeah, it was really well priced and really, really nice. But don't get the chips, get the potatoes. The potatoes are We got, we got both. Top-notch. We got both. We both. Were greedy. Yeah, we were greedy. Oh, we were both. Yeah, that is uh, that's Cab Town, is that? <laughs> yeah, it really was. That's oh, why right. my boat was so much heavier than everyone else's on Valhalla. Oh, that's why it was. All right. um, Brett, tell people where they can find you. Yeah, the best way to find me would be probably on Instagram at uh, Brett Jones ninety two. Uh, that is where I post most of my just general day to day stuff. Uh, otherwise, I'll be on all scare attraction and ghost hunting things as usual at my haunted hotel or terror mountain which i have been designing bits of today which is exciting oh yeah looking forward to that and you've been uh you were nominated um at scarecon for scare awards i believe for um your attraction last year uh for killer uh yeah killers uh killers was, um was an basically marketed through a, a red triangle that was posted in last year's Scarecon. Uh, I managed to send Mikey on a wild goose chase uh, trying to discover what this red triangle was. This bloody we... red triangle has haunted my dreams for months. Um, managed to uh, do a, a pretty good marketing campaign with it. Completely unique concept on it and uh, it's been nominated for Best Concept and Design but also uh, for Best Overall Attraction in Europe, which is just absolutely crazy. I have massive imposter syndrome on that. Uh, the fact that it's anywhere near the other attractions nominated in that category is is mind blowing. Yeah, no, it looked um, it looked incredible. And um, is, is it is it coming back this year, or is something maybe Killers point two or something maybe? Or 
Uh, uh, Killers 2, Electric Boogaloo, is out at some point in the... <laughs> we actually will be doing, because it is based on a lot of the style of a, a retro slasher film, uh, eventually, maybe next year, uh, maybe sometime in the future, we may do a Killers 2 uh, as a sort of sequel. But this year we have something completely new. It is a show-based attraction, very 4D style. Uh, it will be a sit-down attraction. It's It should be interesting. It will definitely be technically challenging. It's far more mm. technical right, than I've done before. Well, as long as it's good as SpongeBob 4D at Flamingoland, then you know, we'll be all over it. Um, so... Um, Dan, uh, tell us where people can find you. Yeah, so the best place to catch me is probably YouTube. Um, we've got a channel called On Air Club, uh, and it's me flying random people around uh, and occasionally landing, um, mostly at Leeds Bradford Airport. Uh, if, you, if you like flights or you don't like flight, but you like people in uncomfortable situations, then please subscribe. We've got a second video in the works now. The first one's been up and running for a month. And it's doing really well, actually. I'm really pleased with it. Um, I think we've we've got a, a good thing going. Um, and yeah, some some of the some of the upcoming videos should be really good fun. So I'm looking forward to seeing what we what we do. Nice. When you said occasionally landing, then I thought you meant you don't <laughs> land all the time. Yeah. Well, you know that that scene from I think it's the is it the Last Crusade where Sean Connery goes, I didn't know you could fly, and uh, and he goes, uh, fly, yes, land. Well. Yeah, that's that's me. I'm I'm good at flying, uh, landing, landing, you know, hit and miss. Occasionally, I land. It's, Please it's fine sometimes. Hit. Oh wait, no, no, don't wait, no, no, wait, don't miss, don't hit. Oh wait, hold on. Yeah, don't hit when you land. But then if you miss, hmm. those feel like both words that shouldn't be used when landing, hit or miss. Well, you know, as long as any, any landing you can walk <laughs> away from is a good landing. So based on that, I'm I'm a hundred percent so far. Yeah, right. I think. I think I read something, uh, a guy in Australia that managed to kind of glide his plane above a field and literally just tuck and roll out of the plane, I think. So would that have been considered to be a successful landing, maybe? Did he walk away? Exactly. Did he Did he walk away? That's the only consideration. If you can walk away from a landing, even if the plane <laughs> is on fire and it's rolled a whole bunch of times, if you're walking away, it's a successful landing. I will right. never fly with you. <laughs> I was going to say, say that to the insurance company. <laughs> the, 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 I need a new plane, but I'm okay. Imagine what, what, what we're planning, Brett. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you really drunk one day. Just, I, I'll go to your hotel experience. I'll get, we'll, we'll both get drunk, and you'll wake up at seven a.m. on a plane. That's my promise to you. It's like Taken Five or something. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sure. All right. We'll see. <laughs> Oh my, oh dear. Um brilliant. Okay. Um fine. Okay, well uh we all look forward to that. And uh I was gonna let my wife come up in the plane with you, but I'm now I'm I'm not so sure. I, so. I should probably state that I'm actually quite good at landing. I can land planes. It's part of the, they won't technically give you like the ability to fly the planes unless you demonstrate the ability to land them. Um so we should be all right, you know. That's I would probably, say that that's probably good as well. To be fair, I'm glad they do that. Could you imagine? Yeah, uh, yeah on it is well, worth Ryanair flight. I can get you there. Stopping might be an issue. You know what I mean? Like they teach <laughs> yeah. you to emergency brake in a car. <laughs> I'm glad you're able to land it. Oh, yeah. and uh, 
Oh, but before we before we wrap up though, Dan, um, what is the latest on the flight plan over Alton Towers that you were you were thinking of? So I've had one ready for a month now because that's when we discussed it, and it's it's good to go. We're we're rocking. The issue is the plane that I'm going to fly and the plane that I've been retraining for. Well, it's it's engine kind of kind of broke. In fact, it wasn't its engine; it was its transmission. I'm not a, a, a technical guy. Uh, when it comes to engines, I, I know what I needed to know to pass my exams, uh, but basically the, pay, uh, the plane is is broke. So I'm reverting temporarily to a Cessna 172 uh, and I'm beginning flights again from next week. So basically I've had to stall all of my upcoming flights for a month. Stall, another word you shouldn't problems. really use when talking about flying. No, it's it's fine to stall, just as long as you're not near the ground, because that gives you time to recover. Stalling's fine. It's all good. Oh, and uh, I did see um, there's a technique that you can do, uh, a type of stall, where you you can um, ch- get your airspeed to be exactly the same force against the wind, and you're actually just literally just uh, still in the air yeah so it's not a stall you, you can just fly so if if you've got yeah. enough oncoming wind um that you can it's ground speed basically so you can be going um 40 knots and not stalling just sort of hovering just just uh, above that stall speed uh in certain planes and if the wind coming at you is 40 knots, then you're stationary uh, on, on ground speed. So I've done that. I've, I've done I've done zero, uh, zero ground speed, just hovering in the air uh, with with enough oncoming wind. It's, it's fun. I, I guess like people driving by are probably really confused, but <laughs> yeah. for pilots, it's a good a good party trick. Yeah. So it wasn't aliens. It was just done. Yeah, that's what it yeah. was. <laughs> okay all right so theme park loopy we've got a website now so if you go to themeparkloopy.com you can find some articles on there you can also listen to the show on there as well but you can find us on pretty much every podcast app anyway but it's an alternative if you want to listen to it on there we're going to be adding more to the website so keep an eye out for that but you can also find us on Facebook and on Instagram and Twitter. I'd say Instagram is probably the best place to follow us. Just put um, a little reel up of uh, Icon. Uh, that's I think that's got about two and a half thousand views now. Uh, I, I love doing reels of Icon. I think that's all I do every time I go to the Pleasure Beach. I just do reels of Icon. So I don't know. But anyway, uh, thanks for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Remember to click subscribe or to follow. Remember to follow uh, Brett at My Haunted Hotel, Mikey at Scare Track, and Dan at On Air Club. And thanks for joining us, and we'll see you again real soon.